I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I shit myself today. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, yeah, for real. Oh, man, no, I crazy. really thought you. Were, I thought you were joking when you said you that. No, no, was yeah. full on serious when I texted you, you guys. I just was sitting here at the office playing Elden Ring, and I let out this like long, like hot, oh. very normal sounding yeah. fart, or not normal sounding, normal feeling fart, and um, and then I I was like, whoa, that was a that was a big one. And then, and then, like ten minutes go by, and I did another oh, one. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were just sitting there for ten minutes. I was. It, I sat there for ten minutes, and then I did it again. And then I was like, "Jesus, that that it felt so good." And I was like, "That was so good." And then, and then, no, didn't think anything of it. And I was like, "All right, I should probably uh, go take a piss." And I stood up to take a piss. And when I stood up, and this is probably I've been sitting there for like thirty minutes. <laughs> no. and when I stood up, I was like, "Oh, oh no, no." And then I and, and I literally oh, said to no. Donut, I went Donut. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, I went is, to the. What did Donut toilet. say? Uh, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he's a dog. He's he was just being a good boy. And then uh, yeah, it turns out I just I've been I shat. You know it's so that was today. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's so funny because I literally thought about you shitting yourself this morning, because <laughs> you just I, thought about that. I, no, no. I'll tell you why I thought about it. <laughs> Because I was, uh, and it j- just in, in the nature of being vulnerable with one another, um, I was, uh, so I, I flew home this morning and I got in at like four in the morning and I, I, I went to the bathroom to uh, take a poop and I was so tired. I actually went to the bathroom to pee and I sat on the toilet to pee and I had a fart while I was sitting yeah. on the toilet yeah, yeah. And, the feeling and, and I was like, oh man, that almost felt like, like I didn't, I didn't actually think about that I that I shit, but when I stood up, I was like, "Oh, I think I should wipe my ass." And I looked in the toilet, and there was poop in the toilet. Oh, yeah. And so I had one of those like, so sorry, everyone, like farts that I accidentally shit. But or I you're wrong. Like you could you could have done that on the flight. Yes, and so yeah. and so I was thinking of that, and I was because you're so open about pooping yourself. I had the thought. Mm, yeah. I thought of you pooping yourself. Yeah. Man, and that's I, so funny that that happened today. I, like when I when it happened, I was just like, "Dude, you're 34." That's and okay. You just shit yourself. Like I'd shit myself maybe twice a year. <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. Do you? But like now, do you? Do you ever like pause now before having a big fire like that? I, now I should. Now I should. No, honestly, now I should just. I should always Dude, only yeah. fart sitting on the toilet. <laughs> How many times does it take accidentally <laughs> farting and shitting yourself to be like, know, okay, now I think yeah. maybe I'll think about. Hey, it. Hey man, this is the, this living that chronic illness life, yo. Like shitting my shitting my, shitting our pants, and I'm saying our because yeah. there's a lot of listeners out there that are also shitting their pants on a regular basis. Yeah, we just shit our pants. And I feel and like regular basis it, might be a little bit of an over. I mean, I don't know, but a regular basis. 
Uh, yeah, well, a regular, but two times a year is a regular basis to me. Like that's that feels pretty regular. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, so regular like, regular basis relative to shitting yourself. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that makes- yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how, you know, so like, when was the last time you shot yourself, Taylor? Like for real, shit yourself. Uh, I haven't like since, shit myself like since, since you were a child. Twenty twelve. Yeah, exactly. I shit myself myself when I was really sick in Brazil once. Kyle and I actually both uh, both pooped ourselves together. It was a really it was a bonding experience for us. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. So twenty twelve. Now let's do the math here. If I did if I did it twice a year every year since twenty twenty twelve, I've shit myself forty times. Uh, Whoa! What? Twenty times. Twenty times. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Ten years, two times a year, twenty times. Yeah. You think that on average you have consistently. Dude, yourself two twice times a year? a year, I have shit myself. Yes. Wow, dude, that is <laughs> atrocious. You, now, now is that an average? Can you move that fucking. Yeah, I, t- I was thinking I, the same like, thing. T- like we we set this video up and Taylor said, Taylor, <laughs> "Don't move, don't move your camera, dude." No, I'll <laughs> move the camera. I'll move the camera. Oh my yeah, god, fine. Jesus. that's fine. Here, right there. How's that? Um, hold on, Jared. Yeah, so, like do, do, do honestly, you, two do, times a year, yeah, probably. Do you think that? Do you Sorry, think that do, do, is let, it back weighted? Is it back weighted to post? Is it back weighted no. post uh, uh, abdominal you, surgery? No, you're right. You're right. It, this hasn't actually been a thing since I had my my most of my colon removed. So so which was 2017. So like right. you know two times yeah. a year since 2017. Because you're so dealing with a much times. more a much more fluid situation down there. It's not as it's not as uh, it, it doesn't have the formation. You know, it doesn't have the no. shape and the and the and the the hardness to tell you that it's no. poop. It's poo poo. No, and and I mean a little bit too much information. If you're still listening, God bless you. Um, <laughs> uh, but when I went to the bathroom, it wasn't bless. like I I pulled my pants down, and I I was like a poo poo diaper baby, like full of shit <laughs> up my back. It wasn't like that. It literally just looked like I peed out of my butt. Like it looked yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was just like a, a like a. <laughs> Just, right. It was a wet spot, <laughs> right? Yeah. But everybody, but everybody who's listening, when you say you shit yourself, that they do. There's they nobody. Do, they do. They do picture you that you're a baby. That, that <laughs> There's baby nobody who, listening anymore. But, <laughs> they're, but the they're, funny thing is, they're picturing you on your back with your le- feet up in the air <laughs> and thumb in my with, mouth with with your thumb in your mouth and and, and, a, and my and, other and a, hand <laughs> grabbing my big toe. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're just going. <laughs> you're kicking your feet around and there's a bunch of doo-doo all over your butt. Oh my lord. It's it's really funny though, because when you talk about the consistency of it, that I, I think like the only time that and like no I, color either. It's not like a color I'm sure if there are white drawers, like yeah, you <laughs> you probably feel the drawers. <laughs> dude, 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 hold on. Who's wearing who's wearing white drawers in twenty twenty two? Boy howdy, I do. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna bring uh, back the white boxer brief or the brief. The I white don't think brief. I ever could ever go back to that now. No. Yeah, well God, now man. it'd be dangerous for you. Yeah. I mean, actually, if you wanted to know, if you wanted to detect it, yeah, it would actually be just, a good you're just wasting money. Detection you gotta, mechanism. You've got to buy new ones all the time. Yeah, I, I learned from an episode of Seinfeld the other night that uh, white, uh, not not white, but boxer briefs uh, decrease your sperm count. And I heard it on Seinfeld, so you know that it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, mm-hmm. a doctor on the show, actually. It was a doctor on the show. Well, here's something that is true that will blow your fucking mind. Guys, we've got, we, have, we have some really silly shit lined up for this week. <laughs> oh, that's um, I was going to say, maybe we should just not... Do you guys want to stop recording now and just have this conversation? Because there's nobody listening yeah, anymore. Yeah, so. well, let's get on with the episode, and then we'll come back to shitting ourselves after. So uh, so this is, this is a fucking wild story. All right, here's the headline. A stranger sent a mom a question on Instagram. Did her baby have a rare genetic condition? Turns out he did. 
All right, so after Caitlin Samples posted a photo of her 10-month-old son on Instagram, a complete stranger sends her a message with an unnerving question. Had her boy been diagnosed with an uncomfortable... Okay, this, this, is, this is a real thing. Had her boy been diagnosed with uncombable hair syndrome? No. Combable no, or combable? <laughs> uncombable hair syndrome. Oh, okay. <laughs> uncombable hair syndrome. Yeah, what would that be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, he can't come at the sight of hair. It's, a, it's impervious uh, to so, come. So, of course, she, see, she sees the word syndrome, right? And she starts freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, syndrome. Like, it does, and his name's Lachlan. She's like, does Lachlan, you know, is, is there something wrong with him? Is he in pain? She said, quote, I never heard of it. The 33-year-old mother from uh, in Roswell uh, told Washington Post in an interview. Ro- hold on. Roswell, New Mexico? Uh, Roswell, GA. Georgia. Georgia? Georgia? Yeah. Um, she said it kind of freaked her out. So she took him to his pediatrician. And it turns out uncombable hair syndrome is very rare. Uh, scientists only know of about 100 cases in the world, according to do- uh, WebMD. Uh, and it was so rare that the doctor hadn't even have heard of it, um, which was basically forcing samples in the family to go see a specialist in Atlanta. Uh, a pathologist there confirmed the Instagram stranger's hunch by diagnosing Lachlan with uncombable hair syndrome, or UHS, okay? Here is a photo of this kid. <laughs> oh, whoa. It's just kind of like a little Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of dude. Yeah, it does kind of look like Boris Johnson, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, God. So, so wait, so, uh, so his hair just he's goes. A, he's cute, as, a, he's, he's cute a, as fuck. In a one direction all the time, and it can't be manipulated? Yeah, is so that- so Lachlan, he he's not in he's not in danger. He's not in pain. Um, uncombable hair syndrome is a rare genetic condition that shows up in children between the ages of three months and twelve years, um, and the genetic abnormality produces dry, frizzy locks that are silver, silvery blonde or straw colored, and the hair <laughs> sticks out from the scalp and can't be combed flat. Oh Here's my a god! Photo of, the, of the family, guys, guys, look at that little shell of a head on him. Hey, he's guys, so cute. Guys, when you when you Google uncombable hair syndrome, they show you a picture of Boris Johnson. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like he really does have I it. I wonder if he does. I think he might. That would uncombable make sense. That, that, it would make sense there. because it's it's unruly. Then I feel bad for everybody who's like <laughs> gives him a hard time about his fucking sorted. hair. Yeah, that's so funny. It is but well, listen this. It is usually characterized by silvery blonde or straw colored <laughs> hair that is disorderly, stands out from the scalp, and cannot be combed flat. Dude. Dude, yeah, yeah he has yeah. it. He, yeah. he does have it. <laughs> it cannot be tamed. Nothing can fix it. Um, in the six months since Lachlan's diagnosis, samples started an Instagram account dedicated to her now 17-month-old boy and his hair called uncomfortable underscore locks, uh, the brainchild of her husband, Caleb. Her ambition is threefold. Encourage people to embrace what makes them different. Aww. Urge those who might have uncomfortable hair syndrome to get diagnosed so scientists can better understand <laughs> it and provide information she wishes she'd, um, she'd had when that stranger first met, mentioned the condition. Quote, because there's not a lot of confirmed diagnoses out there, uh, there's in turn not a lot of information, she told the Post. When samples first started scour- uh, scouring the internet for details, one of the best responses she- resources she found was a Facebook group dedicated to the condition. Veteran UHS patient uh, parents and people 
with it have shared tidbits about what could happen to Lachlan's hair as he gets older. What still, what, what hairstyles have worked for them and uh, <laughs> what, what are their favorite products? Which is so interesting because like when you think about, when you think about hairstyles, like y- your hairstyle is a, hair is such a wild thing because like there's nothing worse than a bad haircut. Like the most attractive person on the planet could have a shit haircut and look awful. Man, guys, I, case like, in point, right I, here. I shaved my head once after a. Uh, I, I, hear, my head I hear once, what like, you guys like. like I hear like what you guys hours saying. after I got a haircut. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta shave my head. But I don't know completely. Like, yes, but like hair is kind of like to me, hair is like. It's like clothes for your body. It's like totally. It's like yeah, natural yeah. clothing, yeah, yeah, but, right? But there's, there are hairstyles that don't fit well with the shape of someone's face. Like yeah. there's some hairstyles where it's like you, with the way your head is shaped, it's a bad idea to go down that. What road. do you think is a bad hairstyle for my head shape? A mullet, which all three of us are doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> do you think it <laughs> no, is no, really? I, I think it looks great. On you. <laughs> I think it's uh, going to look great on all of us. <laughs> yeah, but, do you, but do you? But do you see how how emotionally how emotionally reactive you were to that that statement. Yeah, Yeah, because if you truly believe that, then I'd feel bad. But I don't think that, like, I would would say if you cut your hair in any way, I wouldn't say that it, like, it would make you look bad. No, dude, I'm telling you right now, that's a, that's a bullshit statement. you were there when I shaved my head. I mean, you probably were like, yeah, you should shave your head. Yep. How bad was your haircut? It was a bad haircut. What, what type of haircut it was, was a, it? It was a bad haircut. It was, I don't want to, I, I mean. You don't say who it was. I'm not going to say who the guy's name is, but like he's no, an no, obvious character. No, no, say character. the barber and say where they, where they cut. <laughs> he's, a, he's, an, he's, an obvi- he's an obvious character. He's basically a replica of like 1950s Elvis. Um, and he kind of cut my hair. Oh, dude, you're saying it, way too much. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Yo, actually, for real, we might, we might want to cut this. <laughs> right, I know. Uh, no, this town no, is too small, man. Don't, don't, don't. don't I don't know. And, I don't know who and, you're talking about. And he kind of anyway. cut my hair. He kind of cut my hair like that. And 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 I and I felt like I, I felt like I needed to hang out at diners, and I needed to, I need, you know, I needed to play the. Was he doing like doops while he was? I needed to start playing the steel guitar, and I needed to start, you know, doing heroin. And, uh, bad but also this is so funny (laughs) um but but uh, i but seriously so the hairstyle i'm i'm just trying to trying to think like so okay to be fair there was one point in my life where i was like man i love watching the oc so much and my favorite character is seth and i want curly hair like i want to have curly <laughs> hair like him and yeah. i was like 12 yeah, years old Yeah, if you got a perm i did it, man wow and it did and not that would be bad it did not work no it did not and it just kind of like fried my hair yeah. and yeah. my and i looked like you i had perm, i looked like i had what unruly hair syndrome or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god uncomfortable jared if i can find if i can find a certain bad. photo it's gonna have to go it's gonna have to go up on uh oh no i wasn't talking about that perm <laughs> you should be able to share your screen, t- uh, Taylor. Actually, oh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was right. the crimp. Yeah, that, yeah, that <laughs> was the crimp, dude. You're looking, Bri, you're looking Bri, Bri, what what did you do to the internet? You have you have scraped the internet. There is very it was little, really laborious. There is very little of, that I can find on you. Everything about about you did is you actually go through and sick boy related, it? like those those model photos that you had. I uh, yeah, I had a lot of them taken down. <laughs> 
It was yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's because you were trying to sell houses, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And people that'll Googling make you me. sell houses better. I don't know. For the right for audience, sure, maybe, sure. but for other people, not so much. So I, I actually wish that that <laughs> it was easier to find them again because it, it, yeah. it's great. Uh, anyway, Lachlan is uh, obviously getting lots of attention out in public when he's out with his mom, and uh, I'm I'm excited to. I, I I guarantee you that down the road, maybe ten years from now, uh, the Washington Post is going to do a follow up story to see how Lachlan's <laughs> making out with that unruly hair and I, I hope he never fucking changes because like honestly guys look at that he's like, so cute it's fucking wicked yeah, yeah. this is a, kind like, of a, this is awesome it's kind of a Joe Dirt like a Joe Dirt <laughs> yes dude <laughs> yeah, yeah dude yeah he would rock a mullet yeah, he would fucking kill a yeah. mullet yeah um, so some sadder news um, a few a few weeks ago we we covered the story of a guy um, in Maryland David Bennett uh, he was the 57-year-old man who received a genetically modified pig heart, which was the first of its kind transplant surgery. Um, and it's, I believe now we are, we might be like two months out since that happened. And uh, he's, he passed away. So the pig heart uh. did not last. Um, I, I think that they said in the art, I, I, the article that I read on that, it seemed like it wasn't immediately obvious that he died because of the heart i think he died because of the heart right. but like it wasn't um it wasn't like oh the heart just stopped working it was like there was there was something else yeah like the there was fact that he had to get to a heart transplant yeah the, the first fact place that he even had to have a pig heart put yeah. in him probably didn't set him up for a, a yeah. pretty long yeah. lengthy future yeah it was like yeah. it was a it was like a fairly calm complex reason why he ended up passing away and it wasn't it wasn't like oh the heart just didn't wasn't compatible anymore it wasn't right. as simple as that yeah though like if you didn't know anything about it you would probably guess that it was the fact that they put a pig heart in i mean that's it. what i guessed sure <laughs> sure i didn't really i didn't i i, I didn't look in you know uh, we're not the uh, we're not researchers. We're not, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. not the New York Times here. We're you know? we, we we read headlines. We're headliners, and that's it. We're, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just I read a headline. I like it. I share it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a bunch of videos to show you guys this week. Um, one of them totally blew my mind. So I uh, I was out on a date the other night. Um, had a really lovely time with this uh, this uh, really fun gal who happens to be a nurse. Love. Going on dates with nurses because it really you feel is like a, you like, feel like a celebrity. It, n- no, it, no, <laughs> no, no, because it's uh, it, the reason why is because it, it it I basically feel like I'm doing this. Like it's just a, it's I I can't help but have conversations and asking them about the wildest shit that they've seen at work and they, like t- I want to know the things that they know that will. You know, there's something that like really turns you on about like borderline breaching patient confidentiality. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like how like how close can you get? <laughs> You're like, did their name rhyme with Schmishmi? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was on this date and uh, and I was I think I was I was actually telling the story about you, Brian, breaking Taylor's rib cage when you gave him CPR <laughs> when he didn't need it. <laughs> and uh, uh and my great. friend that that I was on the date with um she was like he's a hero you literally do no wrong man doing that she was like wow shouldn't have done that um <laughs> but she was like she was she started telling me a story about um a really harrowing um experience that she had uh working on on one of the floors uh i think here in Halifax once and um basically uh, uh, the patient coded and um what 
and she was t- talking about it and she was like, and then they brought in the Lucas device and yada yada. And I was like, whoa, wait, whoa. What, what's the what's the Lucas device? Holy smokes. Do you guys know what this is? No. Okay. The Time Lucas machine? device is a is a device used by um, healthcare professionals to take over chest compressions so that they can focus on other parts of the of the patient while chest compressions are happening. So cool. it it's relieves like a, the human from having to do the chest compressions. Like a robot right. assistant? Right. Yes. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a Roomba for CPR. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a video of the Lucas uh, device being used. Okay, so you got a human doing the chest compressions. That guy's right. ribs are broken. Oh. <laughs> you know what this oh, reminds You think the guy's rib cage is fucked? Now, watch this. Watch when the Lucas device starts. Oh! Wait for it. Dude. This oh. apparently just <laughs> demolishes every bone yeah. in your trunk. You know what that reminds me of, though? That reminds me of the video that Taylor sent us of the uh, breast pump. <laughs> <laughs> of me, of me trying out the trying uh, trying to trying out the breast pump, dude. Are you gonna? I hope that's. I hope that's in the con. I hope that's in the lineup I today. I didn't. I didn't prep it. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, Wait, why don't we play we'll it? just cut to it <laughs> here. <laughs> okay, let's see. How does this work? Get the uh, knob here. We just go. Oh. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Oh. Oh. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a mark here. We're 20 minutes in. Oh my god, breast pump. The, that's a funny video. That's a, that's yeah. like a Lucas pump. Yeah. When you texted that to us, I I I guffed. I like I I, I I was like glad I wasn't drinking anything. Yeah, I would have I would have aspirated for sure. <laughs> you guffaw guffawed. Guffaw. <laughs> 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 Come off! <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh shit! You know what's? You know what else is funny? Man, I can't. I I can't even deal with the world right now. This, this it's happened again. What Another. Is... Okay, <clears throat> sorry. I I wanna I wanna just pause there and just reiterate that that woman said it happened again. Okay, this isn't a first. All right, here we go. It's happened again. Another sign language interpreter accused of signing total gibberish. This time, it was at the police news conference announcing an arrest in the Tampa serial killings. We will be charging four counts of first-degree murder. Standing off to the side, apparently translating every word, this woman. We received over 5,000 tips in this case. But it turns out much of what she was signing was nonsense. She waved her arms around like she was singing jingle bells, says one outraged sign language expert. The woman, identified as Derlin Roberts, has a string of arrests for fraud. So how did she come to be translating at last week's high-profile police news conference? I just didn't ask enough questions. Tampa Police Public Information <laughs> oh, Officer Steve told me the woman simply showed up out of the blue and offered oh. her services. My immediate reaction was, I didn't call for a sign language interpreter, but that's great that we have one here. I let her in. <laughs> Did this woman appear to know what she was doing? <laughs> to the untrained eye, and that would include mine, 
Um, I didn't see any problems. This latest oh, embarrassment yeah. comes He's from almost laughing. Yeah. that the sign language interpreter at her Hurricane Irma news conference, also in Florida, made yes, no sense. The time to act is now. Hegarty is summing up <laughs> the latest goof. We won't be using that woman again. Cops say this was not a crime, but it was an ethical violation. <laughs> Dude, oh. that is not a that is not from the Onion. That is literally it was an ethical violation in the court of public opinion. Oh my God, man! Like, so... okay, first of all, first of all, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck is your life? So wait, so going, she hold like, on, so is she, she making, snuck is she in trying to make money. No, so she... so she she went to the, the like she went to the police department right and because they, they just they, apparently they, this is fucking wild they just found this serial killer in tampa bay that's huge news right? <laughs> yeah, that like i was also listening to that story i'm like whoa that actually sounds like a crazy story on its own <laughs> on its like, own yeah forget this so sign language so there, there's literally a serial killer in tampa bay and they hold a press conference to basically announce hey we finally got the fucker and this woman knows that that is going to be happening she goes to the police department and I guess it's to I guess it's to get a paycheck, you know. So yeah. she shows up and like obviously, maybe maybe not obviously, but let's just let's just say for argument's sake that she practiced improving signing. She was good. <laughs> I she, mean, like she had the she, facial expressions down. Yeah. Like she was much better than the other guy, the, the other, first guy, the, the other, the well, example of the, the other guy. The, yeah. the, really the reporter, the reporter, the anchor said said much of what she was signing was right. gibberish. It's like so there was stuff that wasn't like well I mean uh, what uh, what do you think the chances are of her doing a fucking 45 minute br press briefing that she's not going to accidentally sign some shit that's real <laughs> with the and, way and like, she's like waving her fucking hands around? Yeah. <laughs> and the and the and the and the in terms of getting a paycheck like like are they are they handing up, are they paying cash on the spot? I mean like, I don't know. She, like, that, yeah. But that's the thing she's a con artist, right? So like She's literally Leo DiCaprio, but like the She's, dumbest Leo DiCaprio ever. And instead of, you know, it like instead of doing like the Tindler swindler thing, <laughs> she's showing up at police departments to do fucking sign language. Dude, Hold I on, wait. What's the, like, what's, the, I, what's the Tinder swindler? I've, I've gone past it on Netflix a thousand times. Uh, Is it's it? a guy. It's a guy who went on Tinder and uh, and and fooled, um, uh, you know, fooled these women into sending them it's sending him tons of, of money um with the with the like notion that he had a bunch of money and was gonna like sh you know give them this amazing life yeah and he's he a prayed, nigerian he prayed prince on, he, uh, uh, but but it's the same not it's, it's the same tactic same like, kind of tactic we, yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. and and just took advantage of like you know these these women that uh that were in a position of the, not, not a great position thing, and, and fell for this fucking Connor is bullshit. The crazy thing that I don't understand about this is like of all the things that you can go and claim that you're able to do to like, you know, get a paycheck or whatever, yeah. of all the things that you can scam people on, performing something that in front of an audience in front of the entire state of Florida <laughs> who will clearly know that you're full of shit. Like I mean, you're not well, there's well there's no way to get away with know. it. You wouldn't know. Yes, right? I know, but the people who are watching to watch the, you. The people that are watching. Yes, the people that are watching because they need you. You, <laughs> if they're going to turn off the fucking closed captions. Yeah. Dude, I just want, like, first of all, fuck this lady. Like, what a piece <laughs> of shit. But secondly, can you imagine being someone who relies on ASL, tuning into that, and, like, 
what's going through your mind it would be in funny. the first two minutes? Uh, it's got to be funny. It's got to be funny. Are you, <laughs> it has to be yeah, funny. I mean, sure. I, I would be laughing going, what the I would be fuck laughing is too. this? I would be I laughing mean, like, too because like, like how many opportunities are you going to get to see somebody to see signing like on, that. A, on a police on a police yeah. brief where you, you, they're looking at the person br- signing and going, that's nothing. Or they're, or they're, <laughs> they're looking saying at going like, is, <laughs> this, is this not, is this not American sign language? Like, is she, is she signing in a different, in yeah. a different language? Like, is this, man- is this, this Mandarin this- signing? Is she signing? Yeah. In Mandarin? Yeah. This is which, an ASL, which is entirely possible. It, yeah, absolutely. Because, um, sign language has different, it does. Like yeah, it's yeah. different for different it's American languages. sign language. Yeah. 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 I, man, I just think that's, which so- is crazy though. Sign language should be, it should just be one, one sign. Like you should just be able to sign one language. I had that thought once too, where I was like, why isn't it universal? But it makes sense because right. different, different languages yeah. approach communication differently. And yeah. so like, it would yes. be weird for like, you know, like Taylor said, Mandarin, if there was a Mandarin, I don't know what the Mandarin sign language name is, but if, um, <clears throat> You know, they were signing. They wouldn't be signing with the historical context of how like English works. Yeah, it would be different. Right? It would be. Yeah. It would be very different. Yeah. So. I wonder if there would be bet like what the pros and cons to having one having one universal because like there's also yeah. things that are probably you don't want you don't want to go down like, that road. relevant to people who. <laughs> that's funny that you made that comment, but uh, <laughs> but like there would probably be benefits to like oh everybody who you everyone know, who relies on sign language can all understand each other no matter where they are in the world like that would be really yeah, cool. right right yeah, that'd be a really neat like Jer, thing to have you know jared in 10 years brian's gonna have a political party that brian's is gonna be canceled he's gonna be brian's completely centered around 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 around, <laughs> around one world around one world language yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then he'll get yeah. canceled because uh, that's basically eugenics brian yeah so i'm actually yourself. um i'm partnering up with the world economic <laughs> forum to present it it's uh yeah it's going really well so far Man, I can't believe that woman though. Like me and Bill Gates. Can we just can we watch it one more time? Let's just watch her her movements one more time. I just I can't. Like, look at this. Dude, <laughs> you the can chest. See the wheels turning. Yeah. Like where she's just. <laughs> she's good with the. Uh... She goes quick with the hands. She goes. Yeah. Dude, quick. the chest. Yeah. The chest rub. Like she got me with the chest rub. I mean, that's that's probably that is probably and also. Like, like compassion or something. The handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty good. Holy fuck! Think, imagine you're like being that. That's brazen. Quick man. on your feet That's and brazen. like, and and being good at improv like that. You, you could definitely have a career doing something. You could different. do anything. <laughs> yeah, you'd be great. Yeah, because you know I, you think about doing an accent. Like if you if you were to do like if you were to do like an Irish accent, it's like. You know, I can probably pretty confidently string like a like a like a, a single sentence together in a, in a particular Proper number twelve. But then, you know, I just did then, it right there. But but then once you go, but what then once you go into like regular uh, Im- 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 improvised speech, then that accent becomes much more challenging to do. Yes, like yeah. she's trying, she's she's on the spot, making it look. Well, I mean, to somebody who doesn't speak sign language, I mean, it, it looks. Like, yeah. It's not really until you know that she's full of shit that you're like, you're oh, like yeah, oh yeah that is that is yeah. that does look like it's full of shit now that i now yeah. that you say yeah. that i i don't have this video prepped but um if you haven't seen it i highly suggest you right now just pause the podcast and go to youtube and look up the woman who does the sign i i, I mean i don't know if she does this for like i think it's at lollapalooza maybe or maybe it's some major oh, music yeah. festival and she's doing the signing for kendrick lamar you know, so we're talking about like a this master lyricist 
who is rapping so fast and so like, like fluently. And this woman is signing every fucking thing that he is doing with this like crazy emotion. And it is, yeah, dude, it is wild. Her body language is what makes it ama- like, like, amazing. It, she gets me more hype than Kendrick right? does, yeah. and Kendrick yeah. gets me so hype. You know, like, she's like throwing it down, she's throwing it down, like dancing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so fucking cool. I love that. So so hype. Um, <laughs> listen. Speaking of hype, I want you guys to see this. This is uh, this is Miles Smiles Taylor. Okay, I know Miles Smiles. He has cerebral palsy. He weighs ninety pounds, and he deadlifts. 200 pounds. Look at that. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> I follow uh, Miles Taylor on Instagram and like I just started following him. Watching all of his his PRs like working up to that too. Like he always celebrates like that where he just sort of jumps into like his coach's arm yeah. and gets so excited and it makes my day every time. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I I just started going to the gym with Brian and uh, and watching that got me got it got me like Kendrick pumped up. Like, yeah, does that make like, does it make your back hurt watching him lift so much weight? My my back just gets sore watching people lift heavy weight. Typically, mine does too when I see yeah. that. But for some reason, watching a, a guy with cerebral palsy do it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, well, my back shouldn't be hurting <laughs> thinking about this. Like, yeah, right. That kid just blasted 200 pounds like it was nothing. Like, good for him. <clears throat> I fucking love that video. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Um, so I got this. Uh, I got this story, and we we might take a bit of time on this because it's it's kind of a it's a pretty intense story. Um, this this is coming from the CBC, and <clears throat> actually, Dr. Brian Goldman just did an episode on this recently uh, with White Coat Black Art. Amazing podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I'm going to be on it in a couple of weeks. So go listen to that for sure. Um, but this is a, I'm really curious to get your guys' take on this. So uh, here's the headline of the CBC article. This family, this family learned loved one had medically assisted death only after she was gone. Hmm. Uh, the family of a woman who chose to have medical medically assisted death without telling any of them says they desperately wish they'd had a chance to say goodbye. Quote, we all feel like something was ripped away from us and we want that goodbye. We want that closure, said Cynthia Hybert, Hebert, uh, whose sister Cheryl, who was 62, had medical assistance in dying in March of 2021. Cheryl had been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease about seven years earlier. And in an interview with White Coat Black Art, host Dr. Brian Goldman At her home in Waterloo, Ontario, Cynthia's voice wavered as she recalled how she found out about Cheryl's death. She said, quote, I was teaching piano on Zoom and the phone rang. My husband took the phone, talked to my dad and came into the room and said, you have to mute. And so I muted and he told me that Cheryl had died, which at that moment 
and really even now just seemed unfathomable. Her father, Victor, had just received a call from a friend of Cheryl's informing him that his daughter had died, but nothing else about the circumstances or even the exact date. Victor, Cynthia, and her brother, Philip, say they wish the rules around medical assistance and dying gave more consideration to family members who wish to say goodbye. But as both Ontario's chief coroner and lawyer who specialize in legal issues pertaining to healthcare explain, the updates to Canada's criminal code that allow for eligible Canadians to pursue MAID stipulate that the patient's right to privacy comes first. Mm. Federal legislation that allows eligible Canadian adults to request MAID in, um, first came into effect in July, or sorry, June 2016, and it was updated again um, in March, of, March 17th of 2021 to adapt and clarify some aspects of eligibility, which we've covered pretty extensively here on the podcast in the past. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dirk uh, Hewer, the chief coroner of Ontario, could not speak to the specifics of Cheryl's, Cheryl's case, but he said it's not the first time that a family has been left out of a person's decision to have made. Quote, I don't know the percentage or the frequency of it, but it certainly does occur that the patient who has chosen made has made a decision not to notify their families. Mm-hmm. And we have had situations where we have been made aware that the person has told nobody. And in fact, the clinician has said that the person requested that nobody be notified after the death as well. The coroner's off, and in this mm. case with Cheryl, um, she actually had requested that. She requested that uh, they don't notify her family, and they only do so if the family reaches out. And after mm. they have reached out, then to give them the information surrounding what happened. Yeah. Uh, the coroner's office conducts a standard review of every medically assisted death in Ontario. And last year alone, there were more than 3,000 such cases. Mm. I like I'm I'm having a pretty strong initial reaction to this and uh and I don't know why I'm curious why I might be feeling this way but uh my my initial reaction is is I feel really bad for this family like I feel it's it must be really tough to go through that like I I imagine it would be so 100%. yeah hard to just learn of that and 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 also like not having clarity and understanding why your you know family member made that decision without choosing to notify you or, or involve you in it that would be really hard and especially from the the perspective from my perspective that I know that my mom when she lost her mom to cancer um she really regretted not saying like her, having certain conversations before yeah. her mom passed away and she's like held that with her for a really long time and, and th- this that that actually comes up in this in the white coat black art episode um, where you know Philip the the brother mm-hmm. you know Brian is asking him like hey you know he asked both brother brother and sister he said are are you, I can't help but ask um, have were you guys estranged mm-hmm. because perhaps you know maybe that was yeah. something to do with this yeah. and they were like well no we weren't and the brother chimes in and he says he's like no but you know I hadn't talked to her since November. And, and she died in March. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, I was, I was, um, I was thinking about calling her, but something, came, he's a, he's a criminal lawyer. And he was like, I, I, I got a case that came up. I got really busy. Mm-hmm. One thing led to the, the, the next thing. And I was like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I'll see her on her, on her uh, 63rd birthday, mm-hmm. which actually she died like just prior to her 63rd birthday. Mm-hmm. And what? so 
he, you know, you could hear in his voice that there was like this, well, this sadness of not having had those conversations that he wished he could have. The other thing though, and in saying that, um, and again, like I'm working on using and language and not but language, um, something that I'm working on. In you did a very good job, Ryan. Good <laughs> um, job. My and language good. focus is, is good I understand boy. how hard that would be. And also I do believe that this should be, it, it, it comes down to the patient and how they want yeah. to die. And like, and <clears throat> this is their right to choose this. And, um, I personally, the, the strong feelings that I'm feeling is that I don't think that there should be a law in place that should require somebody to, you know, have to involve family members and have to, mm-hmm. because really at the end of the day, this is your decision yeah. and whether or not somebody dies from made or natural causes or whatever else, like or a car accident, you know, if you feel bad that you didn't have certain conversations with your family members, you shouldn't be waiting until they're dying yes. to be having those yeah. conversations. And so while I really do sympathize with what this family is going through and all the other people who have had similar, been through similar situ- situations, I, I feel at the end of the day that it, it's, it's yeah. just like a bummer of a situation and that there's nothing that we can do or should do legally to change and it, yeah. that. <clears throat> in, in terms of like where Cheryl was at, like what her situation was. Um, so at age 55, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Um, and she kept her diagnosis from her family for five years. Mm. Um, and at the time, the family was dealing with another case of Alzheimer's, uh, which was the, the mother of the family. Um, she had been diagnosed in 2007 at age 77 and, and died in t- 2019 after spending four years in long-term care. And I know that uh, through, through this article here, they, they say that it was like a really rough road when their mother was, was uh, succumbing to you know, a very fucking challenging mm-hmm. illness. Um, but where Cheryl was at, <clears throat> according to the family, um, she, you know, her long-term memory was still really great. Um, she, she, you know, she was having some issues here and there, but like, uh, as, as far as they were concerned, they thought she was doing really well, <clears throat> but, uh, COVID-19 hit and there was a bunch of routines that were disrupted for Cheryl and, and a lot of like weekly programming for people with young onset dementia, um, things like art and dancing and field trips and stuff that, that all that stuff was stripped from her, mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for, for Cynthia, but, or for, um, for Cheryl, but, uh, you know, I, I could imagine having seen someone so close to you die from something like die from the exact same thing that you have been diagnosed with and knowing that it was really fucking hard. I mean, most certainly if that was me and, and I was in that position, that would play a massive role in my decision to go forward with something like made. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's hard though to, to wonder, like, I, I also feel for the family if they're looking at this situation going, geez, like she had all these things taken away from her when COVID happened. And maybe that put her in a s- space where she was like, oh, well, you know what? Like, I don't want to hang around now until, yeah. um, until, you know, things get things really get bad for me. Yeah. Um, but also like not having motivation to like having your routine disrupted and not being able to take part in things that bring you joy. Yeah. Um, like it, maybe if those things were brought 
back on and she was able to participate in them, maybe that would be yeah, maybe different. Yeah. But it's hard to yeah. it's hard to say. Like I mean, obviously we don't know. At the yeah, exactly. And at the at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, we can speculate as to what as to you know <clears throat> what led to the decision of that she took to not uh involve the family in in that decision and 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 no doubt that that is a a really challenging thing to grapple with i thought you put that as succinctly as i as i would have <laughs> bry with uh what you said there like it's a it's a it definitely would be a terrible thing but at the end of the day it's you know i i i would i would never i wouldn't support changing any any law to mm. you know make it so that somebody else has to sign off on your dis- personal decision so like that's mm-hmm. and even know, even that, if it wasn't even if it wasn't that grand right like even if it wasn't sign off on but um so like let, let's think about it this way right uh let's let's and again this is this is all just speculation and and, and um hypotheticals but let's say that um it was in the legislation that like if you're going to do this you have to at least notify family members mm-hmm. and cheryl did that um there's a pretty good chance that in doing that, the people who aren't you, the patient, are going to have feelings about this decision that you want to make, and in turn are going to, whether it's conscious or not, try to influence you to do something different. Mm-hmm. Try to influence you to not go ahead with this thing that you are sure that you want to do. And something that you know you want to do, yet is so far, I can only imagine, is very hard to 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 make the decision to do having any, I, I fully get it. Like I wouldn't want anyone to try to fucking influence me because I'm a pretty like, um, I'm pretty susceptible to, to suggestion. And if I feel like, all right, I'm confident I want to do this, but also I know I got to go talk to my, you know, talk to Bridie and my mom about this <clears throat> with the fears that they might say something that makes me change my mind. Like, fuck that, man. I don't want, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have that challenge added to this, this thing that's already so hard if you, and already so intense and, and scary and, you know, whatever. If you changed your mind in that situation, would you feel, would you resent maybe yourself for changing your know, mind? Maybe, or uh, quite possible. Like or, down, maybe down the road, you do. Maybe do down you, the road you go, wow, I, I really fucked but up. But I mean, and, devil's advocate to that, to that, to that argument there, Jerem, is that, is that, you know, because th- this is going to go against exactly what I just you know, said a few minutes ago of, you know, saying that it's not, it, you know, it's, it, I don't think that it should be somebody else's or, or mm-hmm. somebody else's decision or, or that they should be necessarily or have to be involved, I guess, um, it would be the way to put it. But, but at the same time, the, there, there is a, there is a, a thing that happens to your mind and uh, when when you become certain about something or you think that you're certain about something mm-hmm. and that if you don't there there is and and you can apply this across the board to you know whatever the fuck you think you're certain about that there are there there is always going to be a pitfall to not opening opening up to a different perspective um, sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and I, all, all, I mean, this is a very unique situation in the way that it is the mm. most personal decision you could ever make in mm. your life, obviously. Um, yeah. 
so I think that there's a that there's an asterisk to to that there. That's something that is so deeply personal. Maybe it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that is something that is that is sort of you know off limits from the perspective of of another person. But you know, everything else in the world certainly has its advantage to be to having multiple perspectives added to it. I mean, we we live in a world right now that is essentially crumbling socially because of a lack of diverse opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting though, because when it comes to death, like it really depends on how you view death. And I think because, you know, as a society, we have a tendency to be to resist the idea of of dying yeah. and being yeah, and no longer we're, being we're here. Death phobic. <laughs> like yeah. because of that, you know, the idea of the permanence of death, <laughs> it's like, oh, if you choose to die you don't get any more decisions. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you don't get to make a mistake on that choice because in heaven you what, do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, well, I'm not talking about heaven right now, but yes, yeah, totally. Once but, Peter punches that ticket. <laughs> but when you, when you make that choice to die, if you could feel bad about it afterwards, there's no do overs. Like you don't get to like yeah. r- undo it. Right. But at the <clears> same time, and so, and so that like the very nature of that makes it feel like, well, fuck, we, we got to make sure that the person doesn't act like make the wrong decision. Yeah. But on the other but hand, at the Brian, same time, you if you realize you can't feel bad about that decision. Totally. Right. And that's, and that's the other side <laughs> yeah. to it is, yeah, is, there is like no feeling bad once it, you're gone. And, but, but that's my, and unless you feel bad about it in heaven, but that's sort of my, my point right. in a, in a sense is like, is that, you know, if we don't fear death as much and look at it as something that is natural and happens to everybody, then the idea of somebody no longer being here is, it's not that it's not any less scary, Mm -hmm. I think, but it's a little bit more more easy to come to terms with, I think. Um, I want to just hit on this. So there there were some letters left behind. Uh, White Coat Blackheart reached out to the lawyer representing Cheryl's estate. He sent documents that he said he hoped would uh, deepen our understanding of Cheryl's point of view including a series of letters signed by Cheryl. One of these letters was titled, Why I Didn't Tell You. And it reads in part, quote, This is really hard to write. I have always known since the day I was told that I had young onset dementia, Alzheimer's type, that I would pursue medical assistance in dying. I have lived with that for years, and I recognize that you haven't. That fact that the fact that I didn't tell you doesn't mean that I don't love you. I do love you, and I know that you love me. And another, another one was titled, quote, my thoughts on my decisions to have medical assistance in dying, which said, quote, I watched my mother fade away with this disease. She deteriorated and had to go into long-term care. I don't want to go to long-term care. It is not a quality of life. I want a meaningful life. I want purpose and involvement and conversation. I do not want, I, I don't want to not recognize who people are. Hmm. Um, that that's really interesting because I think that speaks to one of the things that we've discussed in talking about um, made and legislation around made is that idea that you have to be of sound mind when you make the decision yes. and and sign off on the decision. Yes. So there's a couple points where you have to be like uh, have your full fac- mental faculties to make that decision. Yeah. At least when we at least. And, and and I don't know I don't know the exact literature now. Or I think it's still now. in, in it's, signing it's off. Still there. Okay, in yeah, signing yeah. off. Um, 
And so that's what it was when Audrey was making her decision. Right. Yeah. And so you like if you're going to choose to to um, use medical assistance in dying, then then you have to do it before something like Alzheimer's you know, yeah. takes you to a place where you're no longer able to make that that's decision. Right. That's right. And so if the rules were different, different around that, would that, you know, would would somebody like Cheryl be willing to you know, set a date further off into the future where they could sign off on it earlier, but then still live, you know, life for a little bit longer and not have to worry about, you know, like choosing a yeah. an arbitrary date and just doing it on that day. I can, uh, I can see, I can see now with the context of that letter, like how, how I, I'm starting to see the perspective of, um, not, not that I necessarily agree with, with the, with like the the desire to you know uh change laws around it but i i'm starting to see the perspective of the family more now because i I feel like with the especially with the context of this letter you can start to see how to the through the family's eyes this just feels like someone committed suicide a hundred percent yeah you know like it doesn't it does i don't i don't i wouldn't be surprised if they're really not seeing it as 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 using this program that is available to people who, um, you know, who, who feel that their quality of life is going to be, you know, severely diminished and they'd like to forego that experience. I don't, I feel like they're probably not, I mean, again, this is, we're getting well, and, into spe- and speculation territory, but, but to what, to your point, like when people do commit suicide, die um, by suicide, die by suicide. Thank you. Um, when they, when they do that, they, they don't, they don't typically, notify their loved ones beforehand you know like sure there might be and me saying that is not is not failing to recognize that like there's calls for help and or or people sometimes do but but like our understanding of of made i've never heard of something like this you know every time i think about made i think about it in the in the sense of like what audrey went through which is like this open thing that your family members know about my you know one of my best friends her her stepfather just went through with made like Everyone knew they made it a very special like event, you know, like it was this thing that was like to be like memorialized and, 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 and like held with, with compassion and care for everybody involved. It's rare that you hear of a case like this where it like, it just kind of happens low key. It happens mm-hmm. almost secretly. And, uh, and that's that oftentimes that's what suicide looks like. You know, it's like the, yeah, it happens, yeah. and then someone finds the body, and it's like this shocking fucking. I'm really, um, I'm interested to like to really sort of like take this to a an, an even more abstract space for a second to get your guys' thoughts on this. Like, so imagine that you could access made for for no reason at all. So like, sure, you're just so like, like I'm done. I'm, it, I'm yeah, done like, with I'm done with done with living. World War Three on the brink. I'm done with COVID. Right, I like, just want, I'm a, I'm out. Like one of the three of us for yeah. for no other reason other than the fact that like we just decide that we want to no longer be here. Yeah. Do you think that somebody should have the choice to end their life? That's a that's an interesting question because uh, I think that there's a the first thing that pops into my mind is is something where you are where you are asking other people to be involved in 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 yeah, that which decision. which goes against which goes against the whole like 
Hippocratic oath. But but again, like, so you're. I don't think that it's wrong to think about how your death affects other people. But like, like, do you think so? If I decide to, if I decided to completely leave all of my friends and family and move to New Zealand and live my life there and totally severed ties with like all relationships that I had here and just left, just left and like, didn't tell anybody, didn't tell anybody where I went and, you know, no longer contacted anybody. Um, that sucks, right? Like that yeah, would suck yeah, for pe- people really be hard. like, what the fuck happened? Right. Yeah. Um, but am I allowed to do that? You, yeah, but you if you're are. going, but if you're, yeah, but if you're, yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're th- speaking about that in the context of made, then you're going and asking somebody to perform a uh, a procedure or a service, whatever you'd like to call it, that that has no, that has in this context of this hypothetical conversation has no compassionate angle to it. Right. So, not, so you're thinking of, of the provide, like through the lens of the provider, like somebody's yeah. going to have to take your life. Uh, yeah, and exactly. Like, what does that of mean of for, going yeah. to somebody and basically just going like, yo, like kill me. Yeah. Like, that's really interesting. And, I didn't and, think and, of that. And, that's, yeah. you know, like I, 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 do I think that you should be able to? Sure, you can. I mean, that's, you know, I don't want to sound crass, but like obviously suicide is, the, is, pro, is, is, uh, overwhelmingly uh, occurs with people who are suffering from mental illness, but not, mm. but not everybody. And that you have, like you can do whatever though you want with yourself to yourself. Yeah. It's just a shitty thing to do, but involving, but so in the context of going, I'm, I don't have a mental health. Uh, I'm not experiencing like, I'm not, I'm not in like a mental health crisis. I don't have an illness that is decreasing my quality of life that I'd like to avoid. And going for no other reason other than I feel like it today, go to the hospital, say, do this for me. You are basically, I, I see the biggest issue with that as asking a person to, for no reason, perform a death kill service you. on yeah, you. To kill you. Yeah. Does this all, does this all, does it only stem from the idea of like our fear of like the impermanence of, of life? Um and I'm asking that in the sense that like even the act of like taking the life as the healthcare provider that's doing that service for somebody, like, is it, is it this, like, is, is the feeling of like, you know, uh, that it's, it could, would be a mind fuck to like take somebody's life or it could be a mind fuck to take someone's life, especially not for a compassion, a quote unquote compassionate reason. Is it like that, like you're ending somebody's. Well, I, don't, I don't think, I don't like, think it's just that. I mean, like death is, death has, has, immense ramifications this trickle down effect that affects everybody that's involved in any way that is like remotely connected to that person who who died Mm -hmm. and so you know like someone who chooses to take their life by suicide it's a it has it has generational effects Mm -hmm. it fucks people up for ages Totally. Like, it's a really harmful thing, not just to the person who just fully harmed themselves to the point of death, but it is exponentially mm-hmm. harmful for the people that have mm-hmm. to live with that. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, and that's what I meant by, like, it's a shitty thing to do. It's it, a shitty thing to do <laughs> when, when, there's no, when there's no, like, 
direct need for yeah. it. To to clarify too, I'm not I wasn't speaking specifically about suicide, but in talking about But even suicide, in even in the context of of like medical like, assistance and yeah. dying when you don't need it. Yeah. Like that is just a it would have it would have really awful I guess what I mean that essentially effects. is the reason is, is one of the problem I think one of the reasons why it faced so much controversy and challenge for yeah, so many years yeah, yeah. I think was was the idea that that that's what it would lead to so yeah. what i'm trying to get to here too is like like what is at the foundation of why it's such a a hard thing to like come to terms with like a hard thing to to develop rules and legislation around is because like what are the what are the emotions that are at play when we think about death and medical assistance in dying all the emotions. and so and so yes all of the emotions but like what is what are the driving factors and like and and so the two that i'm hearing you guys talk about um is one the element of communication which is uh, is obviously really important in terms of like um conveying your reasoning and your why behind making a, a really um permanent decision like this but then also the idea of what it means to die and how that affects um, us as individuals. So like, like losing somebody grief and, and these things like grief stems from the fear of, of death and the fear of losing someone, but also it affect it's affected by communication in terms of like, like I didn't get a chance to say the things that I wanted to say or like that, like things were left unsaid and, and things like that. So to me, it boils down to an element of did you communicate all the things that are important and do we understand why the decision to die was the ultimate decision that was being made? Does that sound like is am am I missing anything in 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 that? You've kind of gone down a road that I, I I'm having a hard time following. Like in terms of like like intellectually same same, same yeah same yeah. i mean yeah it's like, like I'm, I, I'm kind of losing I, you it, a little I, bit i think yeah. it's a little bit too uh it's a little bit too like college dorm room smoking weed like <laughs> hypothesizing on shit where i'm like what are we talking about like but uh but, like dying but, dying is dying is the thing that we, we are programmed to not die that is yeah. our, that is that is but, that is literally, but I don't that think, is literally what we are as as a species. But that, our, our programming is don't fucking die. No, no, no. But we are programmed to die. No, and our no, programming is to to keep no, the species no, going. No, no, we're not programmed to die. We we are we are it, we are biologically it is it is impossible for us to survive. But we are programmed to keep that survival going. Yeah, that is what we are. That is literally all that matters ever. At any point, nothing else fucking matters but surviving. That's why we have nervous systems that go all fucking haywire when somebody cuts us off in traffic. That's why we freak the fuck out, right? All those states of like fight, flight, freeze, fawn, like that stuff is just is yeah. all built on survival, survival, yeah. survival, survival. I'm not, and I'm so not really. Yeah, you can for go. Us Sorry, to, finish your thought. For for us to for, for us to just like make the decision to just die, is. It just it fucking it fucking it it puts a glitch in the matrix and people people freak out. the The whole conversation around made, and I know you know this, but I'm just I, just to like kind of put a fucking button on this. If you are living a life that is just suffering, then 
absolutely you should have the right to just end that suffering. If you don't suffer and you just want to end things, that, well, there's some sort of suffering happening there. Because if you just for some reason were like, I'm fucking tired today and I want to die, that goes against the, the fucking way we are, the way yeah. our, our, our entire being works. And so something is, is not clicking. Something is not and, quite right. And what I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say there, there, Brian, now that I'm re- reflecting on it, I'm, and I, and not that I'm saying, I think you think this, I think you're, I think you're putting it out there for, for, just for conversation's sake to, to see where it goes, but that it, that in some way, that in some way, like I think we can all agree that as as a, as a as a as a species, by and large, excluding some you know some cultures who 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 seem to to wrap their heads around it quite well, we've like we've got death wrong in terms of the way that we think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I don't think that we've got it so wrong that it's that it that it's something that it, it is as flippant as like whether we will you know, as is, as is trivial as like how many glasses of water I have today or, you know, or, 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 or something like that. Like, yeah, it, it's, I, it's not as, it's not as, it's not as, it's not as like, we're, we're not, we're not, we don't have it so wrong that, that, you know, that at the end of the day, it's just something that we just shouldn't be as, be nearly as concerned or thoughtful Totally. Yeah. About. I, I, I hear what you're saying there. And I think that you are, we're understanding my point in doing that too. Like I, I was more meaning to like conduct a sort of like thought experiment of like to, to, to really understand like what is important about when we talk about death and the decision to die. Um, what is, what are the important things that we consider in having this conversation? And so one thing that I didn't consider so much until this article was the importance of communication with others around mm. the idea of 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 using a service like made to to end your life yeah and so it's it's i mean it's vitally important but when it when you when you really boil it down uh and i i fully agree with this i fully agree with her choice mm-hmm. and i fully agree with the notion that privacy comes first and if you're making this choice to do this thing you you don't have to tell anyone. You can fucking do it. Um, but I, I do question whether or not, um, I do question whether or not, you know, say this person had a chance to talk to someone beforehand. You know, it was like, again, and we don't know her life. We don't know what she was going through. But let's just say that she wasn't um, seeking therapy, uh, like on a regular basis. I, I do wonder if her decision would have changed after having like some lengthy conversations with, with someone about the decision not to tell her family, because clearly after this has happened, there is a lot of harm that has, that has come from it. And that harm being just hurt, like family hurting and feeling like they didn't get closure and a family feeling like they were, they had the rug pulled out from under them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when we love our family, the last thing we ever want to do is hurt them. Um, and sometimes we make decisions where we think that this will be the best way to protect them. When in reality, those decisions actually do more harm than good. Totally. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, in this case, although it was totally within her right, um, maybe, maybe there, maybe there could have been a way where, where she would have realized that like this actually, this actually might be 
something that would be valuable for the people that you're leaving behind. So, so I think it's probably true to say that <clears throat> there is, we both, we all agree that there is the way that like what should legally be allowed to be done and then the best way. And they're not necessarily the same. So like what you can, what you legally have the right to do as a patient um, is more broad than what maybe the right. Yeah. And it's all circumstantial right. and all those like yeah. I, that, those types of decisions are going to change based on who you are, what your history is and the context of your life and who the people are, are that are in your lives, you know, which it's, it's probably, so this is probably why in this case, maybe the, okay. So it's interesting because the broader the law is, the the more it allows for different circumstances to sort of fall within the 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 rules of the law. But the last conversation that we had about made the broader the rule was, the more oppor- opportunity there were for people with um, disabilities to be taken advantage of mm. under the course of the law. So this is the this has been the hardest conversation that we've been having around made is like where do you draw the legal line because there's there is a world where it's too broad and then people will be taken adva- or could be taken advantage of but then there's also a world where it's too narrow that doesn't allow it to give the benefits to people who could mm. utilize it but that's mm-hmm. not really that's not really at, that's not really core to the conversation of this this woman and the decision. Not, this is not this one. Yeah, this, this one's. Different. I mean, this yeah. is a different piece of the law that just that ended up doing something that made some people feel really shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that point, that other point of like the broadness of the law, that that that's, I think that's far more paramount that something gets figured out there so that, um, so that it and, you know, and, and, it, it doesn't will, do it doesn't actually do like true harm to people. And and that will probably be something that that probably never stops because I don't know if there's ever going to be a day where we're like, we got death figured out. No. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so if you're going to yeah. have a law like that, that exists at all, it's pretty much gotta just always be in, in an evolution, in a constant evolution yeah. over time yeah. as we, as we change it, because we'll, we will also ultimately change our minds culturally about, about yes. death at some yeah. point. I mean, you we'll know, whether, probably, this gover- whether this government exists w- when that happens, I don't know with the same laws that exist, but you know, it will change at some point and, and I mean, that will change with it. There will be a day when we want to go back to um, having battles in a coliseum where people just get to go in and oh, we're almost there right now. fight to the death. Yeah, we're yeah. almost there right now. I think we're, yeah, we're getting closer. Did you guys closer. see the card for this week's uh, UFC? <laughs> no. Fucking, is it a battle oh, to the a, death? It's a fight to the death. Are there any bare knuckle boxing? Uh, Patty the Patty, <laughs> fucking Patty the Patty. Um, well, I, I had some other stuff lined up, but uh, we're way over time here, so we'll wrap it up and we'll uh, transfer that stuff over <laughs> to next week, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this. And uh, if you've been supporting the podcast thus far, thank you. If you haven't been supporting the podcast thus far, why the fuck are you still listening to this? It's, you've been sitting <laughs> yeah, for an hour and, and 10 minutes. Um, you, can, uh, you can support the podcast by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can just simply rate the podcast on Spotify. Uh, we come at you three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And of course, these Friday episodes are available on YouTube if you want to see the videos and the pictures and the dogs. 
um, you can go do that and make sure you subscribe and uh, leave a comment below. We'd love to see your thoughts and, and look at your uh, avatar. Mm -hmm. The friendliest comment section on the internet. Um, and, you know, this conversation around made and how we feel about death, this, like, I think there are, you know, however many fucking people there are in the world, 7 billion something, there's 7 billion something different perspectives on this. And we want to know about how you feel about it. Um, what do you think that in this conversation we got completely wrong? Or maybe we got it right. Or maybe you have a different opinion. Let us know. Uh, send us a, a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com. Um, and if you want to be on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and fill out the guest form. You know, I think, uh, I think there's actually 8 billion people. Crazy. Is there really? No. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, dude, it was, I thought it was seven, like, last no. year. 7.9 billion people. Fuck. Yeah, round up. Stress. That's yeah. what you do with a point nine. That's what you do. Um, that's six foot. That's do we talk? <laughs> do six we? Six foot. <laughs> six foot. I'm yeah, about six I ran, foot. I round up to six foot. Uh, yeah. What am I, five, nine? Uh, no, no, six foot. <laughs> do we, uh, do we talk about Discord yet? No. Well, we should, because uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to find another way to engage with the podcast and you've done all the other things that Taylor and Jer both said, then dude, it's popping then, uh, off on discord. I know that's why you should be, there, it is popping the fuck off. We just opened up a support channel. People are in there crying all over each other. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. It's really, really going off. Although I got to say, there's been a couple people chiming in on the wordle and they'll say these things. They'll go, uh, they'll go, ah, dang. Like I hate it when they use, two of the same letters in the one yeah, word and i'm like no uh, yeah stops no spoilers whoa, 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 right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. right i hate that too come on um that's why i do mine now at like one in the morning so that God. i i beat I all those turn off people. discord until i until i have my morning coffee. um and i also i did quirtle today have you done that one uh no but i i did do the uh the like the dirty wordle oh yeah loodle loodle yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was yeah. it good it's hard because like a lot of the lewd words are four letters yeah right <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, fuck. We're uh, we have to bleep all of those on YouTube now. We're demonetized, fuck. guys. Fuck. We shouldn't even be on YouTube because <laughs> bleep all this. <laughs> it's impossible to bleep. monetize. I'm, ble I'm bleeping YouTube. all this yeah. <laughs> uh, because we just say too much, too many lewd things. Um, yeah. So anyway, join us on Discord. The link is in the description <laughs> in the show notes, and uh, it will be great. And uh, thanks, as always, to uh, Jeff Lonis, our manager, to Rich O'Coin for the theme music, and to everybody else who makes this show happen. We love you very much. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.